Hey, what's going on? Howie Spangler here at Sales from the Green Room, episode number 108. All right, man, tonight's the night. I'm excited. Uh, we're going to do our live stream on YouTube. Ballyhoo, uh, go to the Ballyhoo channel on YouTube, subscribe, sub up, set a reminder for tonight so you know when we go live, just in case you forget. Um, we were going to do it on Facebook, and we were excited, and then uh, I started seeing some some stories about people uh, not being able to go live, uh, a lot of throttling possibly, um, which takes the quality down. Um some people are saying that they actually had their whole streams taken down. So I didn't want to have any problems. I started getting freaked out. And uh, having gone live on YouTube a lot, it seems pretty reliable. So we moved it to YouTube. And that's where it's going to be. So uh, go to the event page on the Facebook. You can RSVP. And the link's there to the YouTube. Um, I'm also putting the link, the, the link to the YouTube on, the, on all the profiles and all that. So you should be able to find it. Um, but just search Ballyhoo on YouTube and what, we're like the first thing to come up. So, and maybe even our live might be there as well with it. So, um, looking forward to the show tonight, uh, doing it at Harford Sound right here in Maryland and they're all set up for live streams. So it's going to be a big empty room with your boys and a small crew trying to keep it under 10, (laughs) uh, because of the, the laws right now, but yeah, we did a rehearsal yesterday. We're looking at right around 30 songs. I think there's like 34 on the set list. We'll see if we get to them all. Um, and a lot of them are comprised. The set is comprised mostly of requests that we've received. Um, some requests we just can't do. We haven't played some of these songs in a very long time that you're asking for. But I love that you know those songs, these deep cuts. Um, but we're going to try to get to as many as we can and put on the best show possible. So uh, make sure you go there tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern. Check it out. And uh, if you'd like to uh, donate to the cause, we're accepting donations. Um, Venmo, it's just at Ballyhoo Rocks. And then our PayPal, paypal at ballyhoorocks.com. So if you feel free to drop a few bucks, you don't have to. It's totally cool. It's free to watch. So we just want people to catch the show. Um, Anyway, uh, what else is going on? fucking nothing everything's canceled everything's canceled i had shows we had shows uh in april i don't even know if those those are happening now they just canceled school again till the 24th of april for my kids i don't know what's happening so we're rolling with the punches we're taking it day by day um so uh yeah i guess we're gonna get to the pod now i'm talking to my buddy uh scott painter from a band called Jawworks. it's a reggae band that formed in the, in the 90s uh in college and uh, they still play shows. They got a pretty packed summer, you know, as long as as long as things open up, I guess. Uh, but they're staying busy. They're putting out new music. I'm excited for them. We're going to be doing some shows with them. So everybody, make sure you uh, you check them out when you can. It's uh, Jawworks.com and Jawworks Baltimore on Instagram. Uh, good dudes, and they just love playing music. They love reggae, and um, yeah, we got into it. It was great. Uh, so finally glad to have uh, scott on the show uh let's get to it uh tales from the green room podcast episode number 108 let's do it scotty p what's going on man how you doing i'm doing pretty good howie how's it going man i'm great man i'm uh you know hunkered down in the in the 
in the basement studio, just working. I love it. <laughs> yeah, man. You stay busy, bro. Yeah, man. It's the only way to be. Yeah, man. You guys are busy, man. I see you're, uh, or at least you're going to be this summer. I'm looking at your schedule right now. I'm just pretty packed up. Man. God willing, Howie, from your lips to God's ears, we, we get to play some shows, man. Tell me about it, man. What a Jeez, weird time. I, I never, ever imagined that like a whole calendar, a whole season worth of shows would be wiped out. Yeah. This has never, ever happened. I mean, even after 9-11, things were funky for a while, but then, you know, we went and started playing again. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, <clears throat> a weird time indeed. And now it's just like, it's just kind of uncharted territory, you know? It's like, what do we, uh, what do we do? Like, what's the right, what's the right thing to do? I remember, I remember when this whole thing started, it was like, um, oh, I really hope we can keep the shows on. And then you get further into it and it's like, oh man, uh, what's, what is the right thing to do? The moral thing to do now, you know, like morality starts oh, coming to it. I know. I know. I was looking back on the calendar, man, and uh, we had a show on the 13th and the 14th. The 13th was with you in Leesburg. Yeah. And then the 14th was supposed to be at the pie shop in D.C. And so the Leesburg show got canceled first. uh, And then finally, like that day, Saturday afternoon sometime, they let us know that the pie shop was canceled too. And it was almost like some guys in the band felt relief, like that we didn't have to make the decision. They made it for us. Yeah. I, I, that's how we felt as well. Like we started thinking like, what do we do here? You know, like what, are, should we, you know, cause we, obviously we do this, like this is how we make our money. So it's very hard to right. like make that decision. And um, you want to keep it going for the sake of keeping the business going. And, um, but then when the, when the promoters start canceling it, you know, it sucks, but you're like, okay, we didn't have to make that moral choice, you know? And it became an ethical thing. Yeah. It was like, is it, is it ethical to put three or 400 people in one small room? Mm-hmm. And, and, and a couple guys in John works were like, no, I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, one of your guys uh, that I was messaging with, um, about the show was asking if it was still on. And I, you know, I was like asking like, well, what do you guys think? Like, you know, is, are there any, objections is anybody any pushback anything like that and at that point it was still like nobody knew what was going on so it was like it was we were all still game for it you know but then the more we thought about it it's like you know what because i was we were already talking about like because we go to the merch table every night after the set yeah and uh we were like well let's not go to the merch table this weekend because we had those two shows right and let's just go let's go play the show we'll thank everybody for coming and everybody can get the fuck out you know <laughs> yeah 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 keep and, it yeah, exactly and then it was just like it just you see the shows the following weeks just like dropping like flies you're like okay this is the right call <laughs> yeah yeah i, I it's it just got real serious real quick man yeah, yeah. i remember being kind of annoyed by people making all the corona jokes i was like yeah this shit ain't funny y'all what if that's what if that's your mom you know like my mom's gonna be 81 in april like I, it's not funny to me to think about Oh, well, I can't get it, but only old people can. It's yeah, it's true. Um, I know my my grandmother's. Uh, she's yeah, she's gonna be. Eight, yeah, she'll be ninety. Uh, this year. Wow. Yeah, she'll be ninety. Yeah, it's not a game, man. Yeah, so I, she lives in Florida. You know, so I'm thinking about that. But, um, yeah, there was there was a bit of like for us, it's always like we we always have the darkest humor to like kind of get through things, and <laughs> and so the the Corona stuff was obviously. A, a running joke for a while you know i mean we have yeah, a we right. have a corona t-shirt on sale it's just but we've always had that shirt you know <laughs> like right. it's like our arts a two corona bottles with our name with our logo on it you know 
Um, oh, perfect. That's but, like the jaw work with the red stripe. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was it was. It's basically a a, a token of a, of a better time, I guess. Yeah, right. That's what it feels like now. Yeah, it's like uh, my friend of mine, uh, Billy Cottage. He plays. He plays uh, trombone and keys in uh, this band called The Interrupters, and he was with like Real Big Fish for a while, and he's played with Goldfinger. He's played with a bunch of bands. He plays with everybody. And wow. He, uh, I saw a post the other day he put up. It was just like, hey, y'all remember concerts? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I saw someone post a floor plan of, of a house, and it said stage one, which was like uh, the bedroom. You know, Stage two was the kitchen. Uh, side stage was the porch. It was like, it was sad. <laughs> I know, the kitchen, bro. Oh yeah, the kitchen was like the green room, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you got, you get all these, uh, these shows and even like, people are even doing like festivals online now on, you know, live stream, Facebook Live, YouTube. Um, you know, like people... Are- I'll tell you, I saw people going live last week and I was like, man, let me just watch for a while and figure out how I want to do it. Cause I knew I wanted to play some music and I also wanted to do what these people were doing, which was raise some money for myself. Cause you know, there ain't no money coming in for like three weeks now. Right. And, uh, I went live Saturday real quick in the afternoon. And then I said, let me, let me, let me announce it. I'll go live later tonight at eight. And I was live for like 50 minutes, man. And I was so blessed, man. People were sending money and I just couldn't believe it, man. You know, you realize how many people check for your music when you do something like that, because when you're, you know, you're at a show, you're grateful for a crowd, you know, but it's sometimes, man, like when the crowds weren't coming, you know, you would really feel bad. But then online, man, I, at one point, I know it's not a big deal for, for some people, but for me, man, I had like 140 people watching me at one time. And then that's great. When I looked at it the next day, there were 1100 views of, of the, of the little video concert. And I was like, man, blown away. That's huge, man. That's huge. People are so supportive, you know what I mean? There's so many good people, so many generous people out here that it's almost like, man, when you do something like that, it just it just shows you, like, we'll be all right. I think we're going to be okay because the majority of people are good people and, and they want they want things to be all right. I totally agree with that. I started seeing that, uh, you know, out on the road, like when we first started touring, like um, even even now today, these many years later, like you see the you see the good side. You know, like where you hear all these terrible stories all the time, but like you really do see the good side of people um, and the the hospitality. That like, I mean, you know, we're we're sleeping on floors of strangers, you know, that just met us that night because they were just nice. Yeah, you know, they were like, yeah, come come stay with us, and you know, oftentimes making us breakfast or like sending us off with snacks and things, and uh, we can do yeah. laundry, and it, it's you really do see the good side of people. Well, it's what you look for, man. If you're if you're always looking for the the, the negative story or the or the the sad the sad tale, you, you're going to find it any day of the week. But if if you're walking with that light in your eyes and and people already love you for your music, so if, if you're a cool person, then you know a lot of doors open for you, man. It's true, and I say it a lot. Like mindset, it really is everything. Like they say, you know, it's oh, dude. I mean, you can't control ninety nine point nine percent of what happens in your life in the world and things that come at you, but you are in full control of how you react to it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's how you, it's how you react to things that come at you. Cause life's going to happen no matter what. And, um, yeah, you can set yourself my up. was like my boss when I started working with kids years ago. And he used to tell me like, yo man, happiness is a choice. Like you got to decide. Am I, am I going to be happy today? Or am I just going to have a shit attitude? And 
And then he also would tell me like boredom is a choice because kids always come up to you when you're working with children and they're like, I'm bored. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, well, that's a choice. You know, you're choosing to be bored. There's so many things to do that if you say you're bored, then that you chose to be bored. I got to so tell my like, son it that. Comes that. It comes back to like just personal responsibility. It's your job to make yourself happier, to figure out what you got to do to feel fulfilled. Or if you're stuck in the house, like we all been for a couple of weeks, like get, Go out on your porch or go out in the front yard. Like the other day I went for a walk for about, I don't know, 70 minutes. And then at the end I laid in the grass in a park in Baltimore city, took my shoes and socks off and put my feet in the grass. Cause all my Yogi friends are always like, Oh, if you need to get grounded, put your toes in the grass. So I did that and I came home and I felt great. I've heard that. I've heard that. If you, if you just go outside and stand in the grass, bare feet for a little bit. Yeah. Get grounded, man. Yeah. You start, yeah, things start clearing up. And then the other the cool thing, we were we were mixing remotely with our with our engineer Steve Wright at Rightway Studios. Oh yeah. Last weekend we had Saturday and Sunday booked to mix a couple songs. And he was like, you know, guys, I hate to say it, but uh I think we're gonna mix remotely. And he hooked us up with this online program where we're all listening to Steve mix and we're all chiming in with with suggestions every five or ten minutes or twenty minutes. And it was so cool, even with a couple of little glitches. There's, there's nothing you can't do if, if you set your mind to it and, and you look at the new constraints and you're like, well, we can still do this. That's pretty sick. <laughs> yeah, it was wild, man. Yeah. They're mixing this song called Vampire remotely on, on, on a computer and you can see everybody on their on their you know computer cams just lounging in the house, chiming in on the mix. It was really cool. Wow, that's really cool. I haven't heard of that. I, I mix remotely all the time, but it's basically just like I'll mix and then I'll send the mix to whoever... I'm working right. with, and then they send notes, and I fix it, and I send them the the adjusted one. That's that's really cool. Yeah, to, we were do doing it, it as Steve was mixing. We were like, "Oh yeah, that's cool. That, that more of that, more of that." <laughs> oh, I love that. I gotta do that. I gotta it was find really that. cool, man. I gotta call him. I, I haven't talked to him in years. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the man, dude. I've been so. And then he said he had some young guys come over like a week and a half ago. They're like. Yeah, we're here for our session, and, and they brought like 10 people. Steve's like, dude, all these other people, all these eight people, they have to go. <laughs> they can't come in. <laughs> yes, dude. We were, yeah, we did. I mean, a lot of young bands do that. We did that. We did that. We, we would bring people to the studio all the time. Like, oh, yeah. It, it's a party. We would look at it as a party. Yeah, it was a party. It was cool. It was like, check this out. You know, like it was serious, but it was like, oh, you got to come watch us do this. And like, they would sit there for like 12 hours on the couch and just watch us record. <laughs> I'm like, why do you yeah, want to be here for this? ladies in the studio before, you know, just to give them that wow factor. Like, hey, check this out. Yeah, yeah. That, it's, now I look <laughs> at it and I'm like, why do, why do you even, this is like the boring part. Why are you, this sucks right now. <laughs> like, right, from, a spec, right. from a spectator, you're not the one doing, you're just watching. Like, what is this? Yeah, that's pretty boring after a while. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. And then, like, if you're sitting there watching someone mix, like, it can get pretty, like, especially if you're not, like, if you don't really know what's going on, if you're just, like, on the outside, like, you know, you're listening to the same part over and over again, you know, and and you're starting and stopping and starting and stopping, and it's like, I'd rather just do that by myself here and just kind of let people hear the mix when I'm done with it, you know? Right. Um. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's great yes yeah, so, so family's good everybody's good at the house man you're good yeah everybody's good um you know that we just found out the kids are i mean hogan made the announcement yesterday kids are out of school till april 24th now um so it's nuts yeah yeah it's it's crazy i mean 
and it's weird too because you know the the kids want to go outside with when they see the other kids outside like parents are like letting their kids play together and i'm just like i'm not sure if that's right or not in my own mind i'm not i'm like right it feels like letting kids are dirty and gross to begin with you know yeah fluids running out their nose and everything yeah and let alone just you know what's happening now so i wonder like is it right for kids to be playing? And it sucks. It definitely sucks, you know. And these kids got to sacrifice part of their childhood for this, um, you know. And and so we don't we don't let them go play with the kids right now. Like it's it's kind of weird, you know. That's strange. Yeah, that's that's kind of like you know counterintuitive. Yeah, and and I don't I don't know how to exactly do it. What's the right move? What's the right call? Like, what if what if one of these kids is, you know, because you don't know who they're hanging out with and what their parents are doing and, and what they might be bringing home or, you know, it's like, it can be passed that easily. So it's crazy, man. It's like some real plague stuff. So I think you're doing the right thing, man. Yeah. There's a, there's a five-year-old, there's a five-year-old girl, I believe in Maryland that has it. Um, and you know, my daughter's five. So that hit home. I was just like, I don't yeah, want to get, home, bro. I get that in this shit. Home. So yeah, she's in Howard County from what I heard. Howard County. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna fuck with it, man. I just I'd rather just I'll keep them inside and I try I mean, God, they're they're balls of energy, man. I'm I'm trying to tell them like go outside and run around and like my son doesn't want to go out, he just wants to play Fortnite and like you know <laughs> like, be on TikTok and stuff. Um and it's like we now we're starting to get the curriculum for school, like they're finally th- starting to put together like a out of school curriculum. Um Yeah. And so like and we can go online now. It's it's wild, like the things you can do now, like you can go onto the website and actually look, and there's an interactive math book. It's the same book they have, the, the print at school, um, but it's online as well. So we just go through all the problems. Like we'll do the units each day and just go through his fractions and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. Because uh, they got to stay up on it, man. They forget about it quickly. And um, yeah, they really do, man. You get that learning lost. It, it really makes you appreciate teachers even more. Like I already appreciated teachers, but even more now. It's like they, these kids go to school and they learn shit that like, you know, we just don't, we don't have time to, to work with them like that. And I, I'm just amazed all the time that my kids are spelling and, you know, like my daughter's five and she knows the sight words and she's, she writes me little love, no, love notes now. And, you know, they're spelled wrong, but oh it's, it's, it's adorable. You know what I mean? It's like, but she learned that because she's been in school and there's structure there and they, they have a, I don't know here. It's just, uh, we're not homeschoolers. We're not teachers, so it's very hard to like, get into that. Totally, totally. So yeah, I really. I appreciate think a lot teachers. of parents are going to have a, a much greater appreciation for what teachers do after this last couple months. They the all, they all months, need raises, yeah. man. They all need raises. Yeah, that's a given, man. That's a given. And then you know, it's so funny. They're talking about essential workers. You know, two months ago, the guy that stocked your shelves at the Giant or the or the Wegmans was just some hourly wage guy, but now he's an essential worker. Yeah, it. You know what I mean? Like it makes it makes you appreciate the people that in society, like they're they're kind of on the bottom rung of the ladder in a lot of people's view. But these people that are out here working in CVS and and the pharmacists and the guy that's that's stocking up the chips Ahoy every night, like man, people are dependent on him, man. Yeah, it really puts things things into perspective. Yeah, like it's what's the truth, man. what's really important, you know. It's I and I really do hope that 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 this, you know, I don't. I'm not holding my breath, but you know how <laughs> yeah. the shit goes. But like, you you hope that like 
things can sort of be reorganized and restructured and sort of like, you know, especially like shit is, just needs to be updated for the 21st century. Yeah, I, I think a reset, a reset is in order. I mean, it's, it's crazy when you see pictures of the canals in Venice and the water's clean. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, they had dolphins there recently. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, a friend of mine told me a couple of years ago when when Freddie Gray died in Baltimore and they had all the uprising and the unrest. Mm-hmm. And I was like one of the artists that wasn't going down to Penn North where all the National Guard was and demonstrating. I felt really anxious about going down there. I didn't want to go there. I was afraid. Right. And my friend Tony, he was like, man, you don't have, you don't kind of be down there at the front line. There's roles for everyone, you know? So I wrote a song about it. And like, he told me, man, he was like, you're going to see some things in the next couple of years that you've never seen before. And some of them are going to be amazing and they're, and they're going to be good. And some of them are bad. And uh, it literally has, has come to pass. Like we are seeing things in our lifetime that we never imagined. Yeah, things are... And my mom, like I was telling my mom, like, yeah, things are crazy, mom. This is really bad with stuff. And my mom was like, yeah, this is bad, but I've seen worse. I've seen presidents assassinated. And, you know, like in the 60s, everybody was getting shot every other day. And, you know, she, she's seen a lot too at 81. And, and I guess, you know, this will just be one of those things that we we tell people about, God willing, 30 years from now. Yeah, well, I remember in 2020, man, we had no idea. And then, then we were all locked in our houses for three months. Yeah, it's such a weird time. I know that you, you, you think about things like civil rights and you know the World War II and uh, all this crazy shit that that's happened in in, the, in our nation's history. Um, obviously, yeah, I mean the Great Depression. Like, I mean, there's been some really awful stuff, and uh, our grandparents saw that. And um, yeah, imagine the Civil War. Like, imagine living in this region in, yeah. in, in Maryland during the Civil War. Like, what what was life like back then? It was mad. Madness. Crazy. Just pure madness. Yeah, I, I do. So we, we get a dose of our own madness, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, it seems that way. I mean, it's <laughs> it, it's good to see that, like, I mean, you've got, you always have your extreme people and you've got people that buy everything in the store instead of what they need and leaving it for other people that need it. Like there you yeah. have those, those people and um, people that are freaking out and everybody's wearing masks and gloves and stuff. And I get it, you know, but uh, it's not, it's not also, it's not a complete, it's not a complete breakdown of society, which, you know, it, I always thought like, you know, like the, the walking dead, if that was like the walking dead, if there was a real, a real zombie apocalypse or something equal oh to God. it we i mean the walking dead would be like would become a documentary like a reenacted you know what i'm saying like it, it the people yeah. will just crumble and eat each other literally and um I'm, I'm happy to see that 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 hasn't happened yet we can still be sort of civilized in this you know it's true man i mean i think you know as long as people can eat and they can get in their car and visit family and and they can do certain things that you know, we all need, we all need to eat. We all need to socialize. We all need to um, feel connection. As long as people can do that, I think we'll be fine. We'll come out of the other side of this and people will be like, okay, we're good, you know, but it's like everybody has that worst case scenario in the head from watching television and movies and oh, this is all some conspiracy, but people were sending me stuff a lot last week in, in my personal messages. And, and I was like, you know what, just do me a favor and miss me with this stuff because I don't, I don't even care. Like if there's some wicked cabal of, of rich people that are doing this, like even if that is the case, Howie, like 
I can't do anything about it anyway. Right. All we can do is like control how we react to this situation. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's some grand conspiracy. I think it's a virus. I think it's something that happens. And, you know, and this has happened in, in 1918. It happened. There was an influenza. I mean, my mom told me that her, her parents told her that 75,000 people died in Philadelphia in 1918. That's a lot of people. Incredible. But we have no memory of that because that was before our time, you know. But these, these flus and these, these viruses, these things have happened throughout time. Yeah, they, they've always happened. Um, yeah, so all these people that are like, oh, so-and-so from the, from the NIH, like, let, let a vial go to China and, and the U.S. Army's involved. Like, I don't buy that, man. <laughs> oh, man, people are crazy. Uh, people need a, they need a reason to, you know, they need things that align with their beliefs, you know. <laughs> so they yeah, that's true. they create these narratives, you know, and um, and I'm, yeah, I'm all yeah, for to justify their opinion. Yeah, I'm all for like uh, you know question everything. You absolutely don't don't believe what the media says and the government and all that stuff. Don't believe what the politicians are saying. Like, go do your research though. Like, don't just like don't be like oh, oh I don't believe that blah blah blah. But but don't leave it there. Like go go prove yourself, go prove yourself right or prove yourself wrong. Do something, but don't, you know, don't post an article that you didn't read just because of the headline. Like, and don't post, you know, sometimes people are posting articles that are eight years old and have nothing to do with what's going on right now. Or like, Oh man, I really, that really rubs me the wrong way. When people are, are forwarding articles from 2017 and I'm like, man, do a little, little research, please. Yeah. Go find out for yourself. It's all there. Yeah, it's really lazy, man. It really is, man. It's just like, and people like if people believe something, and then they see an article, especially if the they're not reading the article, but they you know if they see the title of the article, and it and it goes with what they think, they're they're gonna post it, and and everybody has this knee jerk reaction, to everything, you know. That's how that shit yeah. takes off so fast. It's like, oh my god, did you see this? And it's like so quick, easy to hit that share button. And um, yeah, man, it's just like you got these dumb people that have this crazy world-changing platform at their fingertips you know <laughs> the, the, oh man it's it, it's unbelievable dude it's it really is you know um you know it's wild this is a this is a uh a podcast about music and we haven't talked about music yet <laughs> i was literally thinking that <laughs> literally thinking that so you know, but life life is what informs our music right so yeah. you imagine the music that's going to come out of this period i know yeah, there's gonna be. I really feel like there's gonna be a total renaissance period once this goes away and people get back to back to reality. Um, oh man, I, I've already imagined like what is it gonna be like to be at like a, a packed concert, you know, where you're like, it's okay, like we're not gonna get sick for for being in this club. Yeah, and you and you and you're feeling secure. And I heard a friend of mine say, oh, I don't know, man, the bar business might never come back. I'm like, you're crazy, bro. People got short memories and people miss. Being out among other people, dude. The the, the bars are going to be ridiculous when this. They're going to be packed, packed, dude. We we are we are. Oh my god. We're social creatures. We we're tribal by nature. Like we want to be together. Yeah. We want to party. Yeah. You know, and it's like, what you know, what better thing to cele- celebrate than freedom? You know. Yeah, the whiskey tastes better with your friends, you know. So it, much. it tastes good when, when you're at home, but it tastes way better with your friends. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it's, it, <laughs> I, I try to look in the positive for this. Like, it sucks right now, but, like, just think how much we're going to thrive when this is over and 
we're back to business as usual. And hopefully some things do change for the positive. We do things a little bit differently. I can tell you, I really think that like people are going to think twice about (laughs) shaking hands and touching each other though for a while. Yeah, I think you're going to get a lot of elbow taps, man. A lot of elbow taps. <laughs> a little, little, you know, like shank on the ankle, man. People put the foot out and do the little, little soccer shake. <laughs> I'm fine with that, dude. There, I, there's a one song in Jamaica called New Hail, and, it, and it's by this artist named, uh, oh God, I think it's the year. Zaga, Zaga is his name, and he's got a new song called New Hail, where all they do is stick their foot out and they touch ankle. <laughs> And he's like, don't, don't, don't give me the lion paw. Don't press fingers. Just stick your foot out and <laughs> tap my ankle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, man. I'm just, yeah, man, I'm, I'm just gonna it. be happy to be out and, and doing shows again. Oh, dude, you know, yeah, just to see a crowd. Like, I hope that trifecta show happens because, like, we're not on the road like you guys, and, and we're not on a lot of big festivals. But when we do get on, like, something like trifecta, you see thousands of people in front of the stage. Like, I need that, man. I need to see that this summer, man. Yeah. Totally agree. There's the the feeling because I think stage. the crowd, the appreciation level for the music is going to go through the roof. Yeah, everybody's going to appreciate everything so much more. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like the perception, you know, the intensity of it will be on ten. Incre- yeah, the 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 dynamic of what's happening now as to what it will be is going to be incredible. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of excitement, man, and, and sometimes you know. They, they say it. it's like cliches are, are true and, and stereotypes are true kind of for a reason, but it's always darkest before the dawn, man. And, and when that dawn comes, it's going to be bright. I mean, yep. people are going to be happy, man. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a wonderful thing. And you're going to have a rush of babies too, man, because you know everybody's shacking up during this time. You're going to have a whole bunch of COVID babies. Totally, dude. <laughs> yeah, October, <laughs> November, December. Yeah, Scorpios are coming. They're coming. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um so okay, let's talk about music now. How about um take me back, man. Take me back to the 90s. Like wh- when did you get did you get did you start in the 90s? Or was it the late yeah, 80s? Yeah, our work started uh we really started like in 1991. We were in college at Loyola here in Baltimore and there was this program where you could go study abroad and at the time they had two campuses. You could go to um you could go to Thailand or you could go to Belgium. So we all started signing up one by one to go to Belgium. And the town was called Leuven and it's right outside of Brussels. And so I, I heard Kevin and Mike from Jaw Works and this is before Jaw Works was a band, but they were my main homies. They both signed up to go to Belgium for junior year. So I signed up and next thing you know, we're all over in Belgium. And during sophomore year, we were already like hanging out, smoking and joking and playing along with our all our favorite reggae CDs. I turned all those guys into reggae animals. And like Kevin was a metal guy. Mike, our bass player, was a punk. He was a skinhead. But I turned them all into reggae. And then when we went to Belgium, we went off the deep end because we, we were left to our own devices over there, you know? And, and we, we went to class, but we skipped class too. And we took the train to Holland the first weekend, went to all the coffee shops. And we were on the hunt, man, for music. So we brought our guitars there. And we were playing every day. And then when we would like go on little trips on the train, like for Eurorail Pass, we brought our guitars everywhere we went. So we were playing music on the corners, on the street corners in like Rome and Florence. And we started making money that year, like busking in the streets. So when we came back to Loyola for senior year and we graduated in 93, we pretty much had Jaw Works as an idea already established. But we didn't really have a steady drummer. We didn't have a keyboard player. but 
it all started in that 92, 91 time. And then when we got out of Loyola in 93, we started the band, but we weren't really getting any traction. And it wasn't until like 94 that we started playing gigs on a regular basis. And then I think it was like 95 when one by one guys started quitting their day jobs because we were starting to make enough money to, to live on the music, you know? And I think it was 95 or 96 that I quit temping for this like office company. I was doing like admin assistant work down in all the, the companies in, in the inner harbor, like T. Rowe Price and Prudential. And then through the 90s, we just built it up little by little every year. And this is before websites. I mean, we used to print out those three by five cards, Howie, like five, 6,000 of them and, and send our mailing list out like every month or every six weeks. And you had to lick the stamps and put the, put the address labels on each card. It was ridiculous. It was crazy. But we were so into it that we didn't, we didn't feel any way about doing anything that was like a hassle. We, we loved doing it. You know, we loved getting in the van and driving to these, these far ass towns. And, but we never really got traction as far as like traveling too far from home. Like we, we, it was hard for us to do gigs with the six or eight guys in a band and then have six or eight people in the, in the bar, you know, it started getting tough. And I think little by little, we started uh, establishing like a presence in the tri-state area, like Virginia, Maryland, um, DC, a little bit in Philly, and, and we started getting comfortable, and the money started getting better. So it, it was easy for us to stay where the money was, you know. Whereas, like when Soja got in the game, those dudes started really traveling far away, and I'm sure they played for six or eight people in bars a lot too. But in some way, they they kept at it, and then the next thing I knew, they were going to like Europe and getting on some festivals, and that's when we kind of felt like, damn, you know, like we're we're missing the boat a little bit. And I think all of us in Jaw Works have always felt a little bit like, damn, we missed, we kind of missed the wave. You know, we were ahead of the curve in some ways creatively. And then business wise, it just seemed to have taken off after we had already established ourselves as like a, a local powerhouse. But then, you know, guys started getting, getting married, guys started having kids. And then there were other things that were pulling on the band and other things that were limiting the band's reach geographically. So I got honestly say at 49, dude, like I'm, I'm grateful for, for what we've achieved. And I don't ever feel like I would ever quit. And I don't ever feel like I would ever want to stop striving for more, more success for jaw works or more, more notice for the music and the message in the music. But I've kind of given up some of that angst that I used to feel like, Oh, you know, we missed out or we, we kind of blew it or, or we never got to do we had coming to us. Like I just, at this point in my life, man, music is, it's such a gift. And the, the, the most tangible thing I've gotten from Jaw Works is the relationships, not only with the guys in the band, which went through their ups and downs, but now they're like my closest friends in the whole wide world. But all the, the dozens and hundreds and thousands of other people like that I know personally through the music and all the weddings we've played, like how many people have gotten married and have had Jaw Works at their reception, like dozens of people. So it's, it's been a long road and we're coming up on 30 years, you know, in a couple more years as a band. And I just feel like the sky's the limit. Like there's never, there's no, there's no, uh, what's that statute of limitations. There's no statute of limitations for, for a band to be successful. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great story. Um, there really isn't, man. It's a, uh, I used to think back in the day, like, you know, cause in the nineties and the early two thousands, it was, that's when we were, uh, we'd started the band in 95 and uh, we hadn't been on tour. We didn't go on tour until 2006, but um, 
you know, we had like, wow. some, yeah, we had some, it was, yeah, so it was like 11 years before we actually started touring. I mean, we, we were playing shows like locally, like Maryland and Delaware and, um, yeah. you know, Virginia, DC. Um, but that was about it. And, and we, uh, we had some, some major labels hit us up in, uh, the early 2000s, like DreamWorks and, um, Wind Up wow. Records and some others. Yeah. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out. And, um, I'm actually, I used to be upset about that because back in the day, in the 90s, it was like all about getting signed to a major. It was all about a label, yeah. Yeah, hopefully getting signed to a major, getting on the radio, uh, getting on MTV. Those were the, those were the goals. And when you, yeah. didn't, when you didn't meet those goals, it was like heartbreaking. And, yeah, you felt like a real like redheaded stepchild. Yeah, and, it, you know, and you feel like, wow, we're good enough. We're good enough. Why, aren't, why isn't this happening? And, um, you know, it's just, you once you shed that once you like you know like and nowadays it's you know mtv is not a thing and and radio is still pretty powerful but it's pretty impossible to get on the radio unless you you know you've got connections and things like that or a yeah. sick radio campaign that costs a lot of money but um it's uh you know once i started like thinking about like i'm gonna stop like trying to write songs for radio or whatever it is you know because i always thought like I always thought the song because we did get some ads and stuff on on major radio stations for a little bit, and things were like, "Oh shit, yeah. this is this is possible." Like what we're doing, so maybe we kind of doubled down on this and sort of like, you know, try to go bigger with it. And and uh, you know, you end up just falling flat because for whatever reason, there's all, there's so many factors, there's so many moving parts. And um, once I started thinking about like, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna write cool songs and just put it, just keep putting out music and people are just going to pick up on it. It's not, and, and you have to be in it for, for the long, the long haul. It's like, it's a slow process. It's a long process. And you know, it, it, it you just feel a lot better. You don't feel the pressure, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't feel so disappointed and so wrong. Yeah. You know, there were years, man, where I know personally, I felt like, man, I got hosed, you know, like this, this just didn't work out the way I wanted it to. And then you feel resentful, but Man, like, it's such an ungrateful way to live your life, man. You know, because in general, man, people look at us, like when we played a show at the Soundry last month in Columbia, it's only like 200 people, but it sold out. And, you know, at, at 49 years old, it felt really good to sell that place out. And I'm like, people look at us like we, we have made it. Used to sit here and think, oh, we never made it. We never got our big break. But you know what, dude? I, I don't. I don't look at it that way anymore, man. I feel like I have made it because I'm doing something that most people never get a chance to do in their entire life. It's you know, I'm making a living from music, and I make a living from working with kids and music. So I'm good. <laughs> if you can, if you can redefine what success is, and sort of like, yeah, yeah, what what making it looks like. Yeah, and it's not it's not Motley Crue, and it's you know. It's not, not Drake, you know, it doesn't have to be that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's like that for so few people that, you know, it's almost like a pipe dream. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've told the story a few times, but like, I remember being a kid and, you know, I got my, my disc makers catalog. So I was so stoked. Cause you know, the late nineties, it was like all about making CDs or mid to late nineties. You were like, Oh, yeah. I gotta make CDs. And if you make a CD, like you're the shit you've made it. And, uh, you know, so I got the disc makers catalog. I'm looking through it. It's like super expensive. I'm never going to be able to pay for this. It was like $3,000 for a thousand CDs, you know, and um, yeah, yeah. not happening. And like um, my, uh, my grandmother, 
she was there one day and she's like, what's that? I was like, oh, this is a CD uh, disc makers catalog. We're going to make a CD sometime. And she's like, oh, no, that's that's too expensive. You can't, you know, and, and I don't fault her for that. You know, she comes from a totally different time. Um, yeah. But, you know, and then looking at MTV, when people are saying, saying like, you know, that's that's like pretty much impossible. Like, you, that's not going to happen. Like, and I'm looking at MTV and I'm watching these videos. I'm like, but those guys are doing it. Like, why why can't I do it? You know, so. Yeah, I remember when Jimmy's Chicken Shack was doing it in the in the nineties and filming the video for High at eight by ten. How incredible is that? That was unreal, and they painted the whole club yellow. It was like this is unbelievable. And yeah, it was uh, it was such a cool thing to see, man. To like see the the local homies doing it on MTV. Yeah, man. It was it was great, and uh, yeah, Chicken Shack was uh, Chicken Shack was doing their thing, man. And then they they, they put out. Um, the single do right i think 99 and shit exploded man it was great it was yeah such a fun thing to see uh, you know when you get older too you can start really appreciating other people's success and you, and you identify with it like yeah i know those guys i'm i'm happy to see them get it like i don't feel any kind of way about seeing someone else go through a door that i haven't been able to pass under you know what i mean yeah that's that's also something that I had to learn over time. Like I'm always happy for everyone's success. If anyone's successful and they're doing what they love and things are going well, I'm I'm happy for them, man. Cause that's really hard. And you yeah, know, that's not, part of being mature, you know, and having gratitude and, and gratitude for others, people too. Yeah. Not cause not, yeah, not everybody's like that. There's a lot of people that are miserable and don't want anyone else to be happy either. You know, it's so true, man. Yeah. So you have to, you know, and there's definitely back in the day, there was always like a little bit of jealousy. And like, I'm like, oh, what the fuck, man? Like, we're, we're better than them. You know, there was always that. Uh, you know? When we were younger, yo, yo, Howie, when we were younger, you'd be in the van. You'd be like, yeah, one love and all, but that band sucks. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> like, we were so petty, you know, when we were in our 20s and 30s. And then and little by little, man, life, life just smacks you a few times. And you're like, you know what? I, I, I can't be talking like that. Yeah. You get humbled over and over. And you're just like, yeah. You're just like, man, what is this anyway? Why why does their success make me feel bad about mine? You you have to you have to look at what you're doing and focus on what you're doing and and make adjustments. And you know, if it's not working it's out really true. Yeah, make adjustments, figure it out, you know, don't be worried about what everybody else is doing and use their success, if anything, as as fuel, you know, to to push what you're to you know, to make you drive harder. You know? We'll watch guys that are successful too. Learn from them, man. Like I remember playing with you guys the last couple times over the last year or two, and it's just so informative to watch how other bands do their business and watch how bands conduct themselves. And it's like there's always someone to learn from. But if if you're always feeling like you're the victim and you're you know you're the guy that got shortchanged, then you don't ever have that attitude of like there's things I need to learn. But you know, learning is something that I think in this country, we think that we learn what we're supposed to learn when we're young, and then we're supposed to just stop learning at, at such and such age. But man, if you're open to learning throughout your life, then life is never boring, and, and life is never cut off from possibility. Yeah, you never, you never, you will, you will never know everything, and you have to be open and willing to take in new information and like I said, make adjustments because I, you know, there's fundamentals, obviously there's, there's certain things that just work in every situation, just like a very, very underlying common denominators, like very deep within, but 
you know, there's certain ways, like, like I saw a post the other day, someone, uh, this, this girl was asking, she's a fan of another band, uh, some friends of ours. She's like, Hey, what is, a does streaming, do bands get paid from streaming and how does it work? Um, and should I be streaming? And, and someone came on and was like, we need to stop supporting streaming, uh, buy the CDs, buy all that. And I'm like, that's the worst advice you could ever give. Like, yeah, you're just you're just like thumbing your nose at reality. Yeah, it's like, bro, this is the way of the world now. You, you're trying to get people to to invest in a dead technology. No one listens I don't even to have CDs. A CD player. Exactly. No one listens. CDs have become merch. You you buy them at the merch table to support, and probably because you want maybe you want the cover art, you want you want the memorabilia. It's a thing, right? And you get the band to sign it, and then you listen to Spotify on the way home. You don't pop the CD in. You know, like, and then you just put the, the CD on the shelf and yeah. that's what it is. CDs are merch and they're so cheap to make now, you know? Um, oh my God. They're like 10 cents a piece. Yeah. And so you can't, you can't like, people are going to buy them for support, but dude, no. It, and also I, I compared it the other day to uh, like listening to like buying a band CD um, while it does put you know, let's say $7 in their pocket, um, which is way more than a stream's going to get you for sure. Uh, it's, sure. It's, a, it's a way to, to quicker money. Um, but it also, it's like it's like having a, a credit card that doesn't have like cash rewards or, or, or a point system on it. Like, so like when you, when, you, when you get that credit card and it doesn't have those things, all you're doing is increasing your debt and, you know, there's an interest there, right? But with like a cash yeah. rewards card, or something like that, or a points card, you're swiping, but you're you know you're gonna get a few bucks back later on, or you're gonna get points towards a flight or something like that. You're gonna get something back, and that's how streams are to me. Streams are like, all right, look, this stream isn't even worth a penny, but uh, if I get enough of them, it's gonna work the algorithm on Spotify or Apple Music, and the algorithm is gonna prioritize it and push it forward and push it out to more people. And a lot of times people yeah. that haven't heard your band before. So you're going to end up on discover weekly, um, and, uh, uh, daily mix. Dude, you know? Steve, Steve Wright told me the story about that band cigarettes after sex. Okay. And you know that band? I do not. They do like this, like real, like, uh, chilled out, like Mazzy star kind of music. Oh, cool. And, and and the lead singer is this dude who has like one of those contralto voices where it, it, it sounds almost like gender fluid. You know, he sounds like a woman or a man. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like this so chilled out, this music. And he said, man, somehow they hit on some algorithm on YouTube. And like six months later, they're, they're playing sold out shows throughout Europe. And, and it's like, it's all mathematics, man. Like most deaf said it on a, on a Black Star record. It's all about mathematics, man. If you can get that... That, that link with it with an algorithm and all of a sudden your stuff starts showing up in everybody's inbox like that's that's the magic man and there's always magic involved man and, and there's connections and there's people who know you and, and are going to put you on a higher level but if there's no magic with your music man then you might as well go pump gas like Keith Richards said like yeah. you know there's Chuck Berry and then there's the rest of us like the rest of us are pumping gas yeah there's you know there's obviously there has to be something some sort of some sort of thing about the music to get people yeah. into it um but uh yeah i mean if you're 
if you if you're in this to like make money, you're gonna be super disappointed. Like you have to Oh love my god, it. just don't even do it, dude. Yeah, no, don't do it. You have to love it. I saw I remember um I, I'm re- I've been really, really out of touch with uh, the Baltimore scene for years. Like I d I haven't really yeah. you know, I there I know of a couple of bands, but um it's it it kind of didn't feel like there was much going on, you know, and, and I and the, the certain genre that went the the whole kind of American reggae rock scene um that we've been sort of in with for over a decade now. Um, you know, that's not really happening in Baltimore as much. There's only a couple bands. Like you guys were it was like you guys in Coloring Lesson were like the originators in in a way. Like you guys were like the first like reggae bands that I heard of from Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. Um and uh and I remember <laughs> I remember tr- trying to go to your shows. Um we tried to go to Secrets one night back in ninety nine and no I, way. Yeah, bro. I was I was like I was like eighteen. And so they wouldn't let us in. You know, you know how hardcore they are about checking ID and stuff. Oh yeah, man, they don't play. Yeah, they get that dress code. It's like you better turn your hat around. No tank tops. You better yeah. be twenty one. Yeah. And uh, your shorts are too long. Shorts are too long. <laughs> yeah, dude, they're they're on it. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah. So we tried to get in. We were just a bunch of kids on on senior week, you know, and trying to get into to the show at Secrets. And uh, I was like, bro, I'm just trying to see Jawworks, man. They're like, sorry, man, beat it. <laughs> <laughs> beat it buddy beat it yeah, oh that's hilarious man it's great i i just uh i remember i remember finally uh i, I can't recall the, the first time i saw jawworks play um it was it might have been with a couple other bands uh, I, it might have been a fletcher show it might have been a bow hagers it might have been something I, i'm not sure but uh I remember kind of getting into the to the music scene in Baltimore in the uh, in the late '90s, early 2000s. There was a lot of music happening back then too, man. There was, there was. Um, do you remember uh, a place called? Um, uh, what the hell was that place called? Shit, it was an old bank. It was uh, the oh the vault. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, we played the vault a couple times. Um, we did the uh, the old auto bar. Yep, I remember that one too. That was our first club show in Baltimore ever. And we were like, wow. Yeah, we were like 17, 15, 17. Coming something down like that. from Harford County. That, you guys must have been psyched. We were stoked, man. We were like stoked. Dude, they gave us a case of Coors Light. <laughs> you were like, Score! <laughs> we were like, What the it's fuck? Good is this? Beer. Like, they're giving us good beer? beer? Yeah, I'm 17. <laughs> this is amazing. Um, that was good beer at that time, man. Yeah, it was. <laughs> You're not I, giving me Milwaukee's best, like really treating me here. I know. Well, I haven't, I haven't, dis- I hadn't, I hadn't discovered uh, Natty Bo yet, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you know, and and we started getting like in with uh, with '98 Rock and Matt Davis and um, and then HFS and uh, started doing more shows with, with like more of those radio shows and stuff, and like Matt would have that right. uh, noise in the basement on Monday nights, and uh, Fletcher's was packed every week and. Um, you know, I just remember being excited about it, just being involved and being around other musicians, other bands, because th- there was that, everybody had that spark about that same drive that I had, I saw in these other bands. It was the same, like yeah. we all wanted it, you know? And, uh, it's so awesome. yeah, it was the best. It was like that feeling of just like, oh, it's it, when you're in a room with like-minded people that are just all driven, um, the, there's so much like, uh, there's so much spark there. There's so much heat, you know, you feel it. And, uh, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful feeling. Hey everybody, quick promo right here. Shameless, shameless as ever. The new Ballyhoo song fighter is out now. Uh, it includes dark sunglasses, 
California King and Renegade, the previous singles from the last year. We wanted to put them all together so you had them in one place. We're super excited to have this out. We, it's completely DIY. We did it all ourselves uh, from recording to production to mixing to mastering and release. We did it all ourselves and we're very proud of it. If you haven't checked it out yet, please go stream it wherever you listen to music, Spotify, Apple Music, and everywhere else. It's Fighter by my band, Ballyhoo. Uh, we love you and we hope to see you at the shows. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's 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 kinetic energy, man. And even even the last couple times playing with you, man. I mean, I remember we were talking a lot the last few years, like how can we get John Workflex to another level? And because you know, at, at our age, man, ain't nobody trying to sleep on floors now, Howie. You know, like and guys got kids and they can't be away like that. So it's like we're still looking for the angle. We're still looking for the for the for the way in, but. Playing shows with you became something that, like, a couple guys in the band were like, well, let's call Howie, man. We can get on with, with Bali, you, man. You know, that might open some doors. And that's a natural um, impulse to think that, like, all right, let's, let's try and link up with a band that's really crushing it. But what, what, what guys don't think about with that is, like, you know, well, that, that's their thing, man. And, and they, they, they found that on their own and through their own moxie. And they have a completely different fan base. And just because they're successful doesn't mean their fan base is necessarily going to like us. But like playing shows with a band like you or any other band that we meet, like on a festival show, it, it's all good because you, like I said a little while ago, you're just learning from other people. And I think to stay humble and to stay um, open to learning from other people that are successful is just that's all you can do when you're trying to keep forwarding your own your own gift or your own talent with a creativity kind of thing. Yeah, I uh, I tell bands all the time. You know, the people hit me up and they're like, "How did you guys?" How did you guys start? Like, how did you guys get out touring? And like, how did it, how did it happen? Yeah, um, everybody thinks it's like an ABC process. Yeah, no, there's a lot of like trial and error and a lot of like going back to the drawing board and like, you know, you have to try yeah. everything. Um, yeah. And, and what I tell bands is like really, really to get into other cities to really start kind of building in other towns um, because I don't think you should be playing your town uh every month like I, I you know i i think bands should be doing it every couple months making an event kind of thing but but that that's if you can have shows outside the area so you know what i'm saying like you, you that way you're still doing shows every weekend you're you, yeah you know but you're out of town you're doing different things um and what i say is like hook up with other bands that got something going on and that, that yeah. are building their own scene in different towns so like we would we would hook up with bands from like virginia uh, uh, Philly, you know, um, we had a, uh, we teamed up with Can't Hang from Baltimore a few times and went and did some because they yeah. were they were doing they had already been to California they were like they had done some some touring out there already and on our not our first tour but it might have been our second tour out to the West Coast uh, we we took Can't Hang with us and they already had you know fans you know there there was already a thing. Uh, and, That's and, amazing. Yeah, our first show in California ever was in a place called, I think it was called the Capitol Ballroom or something like that. It was like some little shithole in, in Sacramento, um, and uh, if I remember correctly. And they had fans, and they already knew the bartender, and like they like they had friends, you know. And um, that was very inspiring. But but what I mean is like just hook up with other bands that are. Th- and also, it should be a band that's kind of playing something similar to you, like a similar sound. 
Like, you know, I think yeah. if, I think if you guys were to come out and do some shows with us, I think the fans would appreciate it. You know, as opposed to like, yeah, I do too. I do too. Yeah, we we did some shows. Uh, we we did a show with um with like uh, uh we did some tours with Tribal Seeds, and um those guys are great. They're a great band, but um their fans just weren't into what we were doing. We did two full tours. I mean, talking like two full tours of like 30 dates or, or something each. Wow. Yeah. And, and it was over two different years, I think 20, 2012 and 2014 we did tours and uh, we didn't just gel with their fan base. Like, I think we were just too, too much rock, maybe too edgy. And we even like our, even our reggae stuff is like still kind of edgy and, and poppy. And they're very yeah. like, um, they do like the, like theirs is a little more politically charged and, um, yeah, you know that that the tempo shit. Of songs is a little slower. Yeah, really, a lot of their shit's really slow, and 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 that's cool. But like, I think uh, it's like I try to compare it to my guys. Try to explain it to my guys like uh, why I thought it maybe wasn't working was um, if you've ever been in a situation in in uh, when you're playing. We play to a click on a lot of the songs, and just yeah. to kind of stay in time and all that. And we'll go from playing like some mid-tempo to like faster stuff and then we'll play like an old reggae song we haven't played in a while um and it's you know like one you know 40 bpm or, or 130 bpm or something like that and like it just feels so slow and groggy in, when you, when you ju juxtaposed with with that faster stuff and i think what we were doing is we were that to them when they're just used to listening to the slow reggae all the time we come in and we're playing too fast and like too it's just too much for them and it's this weird psychological thing um it's like an adjustment and i just feel like we were doing that every night and it was like counterproductive to you know it's like almost like we wasted you know five weeks or six weeks it could really wear on your on your confidence level too after a couple of shows in a row where people aren't vibing you're like dude we suck Dude, tell me about it, man. We we did a tour. Yeah, and, and again, like I'll say it again, like Tribal Seas is great and they're nice guys and everything. It just didn't gel really with, with the fan base. Um, and, you know, you just, you, you accept it, you move on. Uh, we went out with our friends Common Kings who are fucking amazing. They're, they're wonderful people and they're, they're a great band. They put on a great show. And their fans just weren't gelling with us either. And, you know, we did, I think we did, you know, five weeks with them in the fall of like oh, 2016. Man. And after, after like three shows... We're like, I don't think this is gonna work, you know. And then, but yeah. you still got four weeks left, you know. Yeah, and you gotta grab your nuts and be like, all right, well, we committed to this. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. You put on the show, and then you're just getting your ass handed to you every night. You're like, oh fuck, okay, oh, this man. isn't this isn't working, you know. And and uh, it just, but what, like I said, you gotta try everything. And um, then then and the grown folks, the grown folks lick their wounds and and they come out stronger for it, you know. But like. Uh, going out on the road and playing in front of audiences that are that are utterly indifferent that can really crush somebody that's not prepared for that. Yeah, yeah, it's like when you go play like a we love I love when we go out and play festivals um because festivals is like people that have never heard your band before um yeah, you know most open. of the crowd they're 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 open um and uh you know you can really get it going and we've done festivals where it's been the opposite where it's like no one gives a fuck they're like just please put on the next band you know like they're just over <laughs> it um you know but uh it, it's just you got to do that you got to put yourself out there and you can't be crushed you know and it, it is going to make you feel bad at first but then you got to just look at the big picture step back be like all right this is 
this is fine. We're fine. You know? Um, yeah. It, you know, <laughs> not everybody's going to like what you're doing and you just have to accept that. That's the other thing about growing the hell up. It's like, not everybody is going to like him. And guess what? They're not supposed to like that. Otherwise we'd all be listening to the same shit. Yeah. It'd be boring. There's no dynamic. Yeah, man. There's gotta be some kind of like struggle in your life. And it's not all about like getting what you want. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's uh, back to what I was saying. I feel like that you, you like if you guys did some shows with us, that our fans would appreciate it. Um, yeah, and, uh, we we would love to do do some more in the future. But I think what 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 I realize now at this point in my life is like there is no magic bullet. Like good things come to those who keep working hard, you know. And and we're never going to stop playing music. Jaw Works will never break up, so to speak. You know, it, it has become more of a, uh, a seasonal thing for, for our group, but it's like, I, I'm not at peace with that, but I'm happy. I'm, I'm blessed, man, to be able to play this music. And there's been a lot of discussion within the group. You know, some guys want this, some guys want that. And that's another thing. Like if, if a group has like two or three heads, then it's never going to know which way to go. And I think, you know, music is a long road, man. But if, if you're committed to the art, then you're never going to stop playing and I do a lot of stuff outside of job works now because guys, you know, guys, a lot of guys in the band have jobs and, and children and wives. And I'm like one of the last single guys, even though I'm in a relationship, I don't have a family. So I do a lot of music on my own. And that's also helped me to not feel like so disgruntled about job works because I got other things musically going on. And I've been able to branch out and diversify my, my holdings, so to speak, creatively. And that gives me a lot more satisfaction too. So I'm not looking to the band to fulfill every single artistic need that I have. Yeah, we, we uh, you're doing the right thing. We, we live in a time where, um, you know, you need, you just need to try and create uh, other revenues, uh, streams of, of passive income, other things to pass the time, other things to get out there, especially if you're a creative. Um, and, but at the same time, we live in a time where that's very much possible. That's very possible. Um, you know, there, I'm always working on something and it's not just the Ballyhoo stuff. I'm, I work with other bands. I, I produce and I mix and I record and I do the podcast and I do the That's YouTube the channel. That's the bomb, man. Yeah. And it, you know, and if you love what you're doing, it doesn't feel like work and you're winning, you know, there's no, and I, it's get, so true. I get frustrated. I get stressed out and flustered just like anything else, you know, you know, if things aren't turning out the way that I like, or, or maybe I feel like I've taken on too much work and it's hard to get through because I got the kids interrupting me every 20 minutes and I got to make dinner and there's all this. But at the end of the day, it's like, I love what I do. And it's, it's weird to think that like, I have fun at work. Like I have, like I'm having a good time. Sometimes I feel bad because, you know, you know, if I'm in the middle of a project and I can't help the kids with homework or something at that moment, or I got to have her, make them lunch or something because I, I make lunch and dinner every day but like I, sometimes I feel bad because I'm like I'm down here doing this but I'm also having a really good fucking time doing it and it's almost like right. oh he's just down there having a great time you know but it's this weird <laughs> conundrum you know <laughs> like, like I'm up here doing all this bullshit and he's down there having fun with his with his toys and I'm just like yeah I yeah, fucking yeah, am but I built a career around it you know right <laughs> this is paying bills man yeah I'm paying bills with this shit it's like it's amazing to think that. And I, I want that for everyone. I want that for everyone else that wants it, you know, like, and so that's why I started the pod. Um, so, you know, when, when, uh, one of your guys hit me up about doing some shows, 
a couple months ago. I was stoked and happy to get you guys on that show in Leesburg. And then, of course, coronavirus ruined it. But um, it, it was just, I don't know, it was great. It was great that he, that he reached out, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to help wherever I can. Yeah, man, that, that's the spirit, dude. And, and John Pang has always always kind of been the guy in our band. It's, it's like, man, there's more for us. There's more to do for us. And he's right. You know, I, I've been cynical at times, like, oh, man, that train has left the station. You know, like, we're not going to do all that. But I think it's always good to have a couple guys in your band that, that see things that other people don't necessarily see, man. And, and you got to trust each other and love each other. And well, that's that's where the friendships are, are really important, man. Like sometimes somebody is going to believe in you that you don't, you don't even believe in yourself sometimes. And you need that, man. Yeah. You need each other to lift each other up, you know, because not everybody's going to be happy at the same time. And so, you know, I'll get in a funk and like, no one can lift me out of it. I got to lift myself out. I think a lot of people are the same way, but, um, it is nice when there's people are trying to create positivity and boost the situation as opposed to jumping on the, the sad train with you. And then everybody. Yeah. Like the shit. pessimist wagon, man, that pessimism is, is a killer dude. Oh, it gets, it gets into your heart. It sucks, you know? And yeah, it, man, the, the mind is such a powerful thing. And, and if you're not using it for the forces of good, then you're kind of, you're twice defeated in life. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's it's hard to remain positive and you know have the resilience kick in um, sometimes. But you know we've gone through so many dark moments, and there's been so many times where like we'll blow a tire or bust a leaf spring on the trailer or break an axle or you know the van caught on yeah. fire on the first tour, like shit like that. But real stuff, real shit happening, and you just figure it out. I mean, we were supposed to go. We had a show a few years back. This is like, God, this is maybe eight, nine years ago. We had a show up in uh, at Dartmouth, up in New Hampshire. I think that's where Dartmouth is. Um, right. And uh, we, uh, two minutes from the house, the trailer breaks. Like something, I, we hit a bump or something, and like one of the leaf springs broke. There was too much weight in the trailer and whatever. Um, so trailers were all the gear goes. And there was no room to put all the gear in the van with us. So we were trying to figure yeah. it out. And it was like a snowy day and like all the oh. U-Haul places were closed. Like we're making, like, yeah, man, we're making calls. We're doing whatever we got to do. We finally found one U-Haul place open in the area that had, I think, one trailer the size that we needed. and But we had to dig it out because it was snow everywhere. There were, oh. So That's so, when, when you're like, how bad do we want to go on this trip? How bad? And I think the pay was like, you know, I think we got paid like, two thousand dollars and that was i mean that's a lot of money for anybody but it was a lot of money for the band yeah. at that time and we were just like we gotta go up we gotta make this money we gotta go up there and do the show and we fucking got shovels and we dug this goddamn trailer out and we attached it we we took all the shit out of the other trailer loaded the new trailer drove nine hours to new hampshire or whatever it was played the show no one cared no one gave a fuck that we were playing literally played no for an, we played for an hour and we packed up and drove back home it was just oh my god you know but those are the things you do you have to you got to stay in it you can't you yeah know. you don't get the thousands of people like wanting to wash your wash your clothes after the show if you didn't do that stuff first yeah you got it you got to do it man you got to do the hard stuff and and i was talking to brandon from uh, bump and uglies recently and he was like right was like you know i really feel like there's some bands that are going to quit because of this you know because they can't tour and it's just going to be too hard and like some some of these bands that that there there are some bands out there that uh have some money 
from parents or whatever that were able to put into their their band. And then you've got the bands yeah. that started from nothing and didn't have money and, you know, worked really hard for it. Right. Um, and it's like, yeah, I mean, it's really, we kind of came to the conclusion that like this whole coronavirus situation shows being canceled. It's going to separate the men from the boys in a way. It will thin the herd, bro. It will. You know, people are just going to be like, fuck this, you know. But yeah, those, those, I, I'm not cut out for this. Yeah, those are the people that, that didn't love it to begin with, in my opinion. Yeah, well, you're right, dude. I mean, you're not going to succeed in anything, whether it's music or any other any other pursuit, unless you're really dogged in your pursuit of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh... and I, I my brother was a green beret for 20 years, then he got out of the army and he started working as a physician's assistant, and he started doing music back in like I don't know 2005, maybe. He came down to Baltimore and played a couple solo gigs with me. And the first gig he played down in Canton, he had his back to the audience, and I was like, dude, do you want to? Uh, want to turn around and face the crowd but he was so nervous wow and now he's like you know he's 60 and he has all his own records like he plays a four-string bass but he tunes it open to an open tuning so he plays like these two and three note chords and no one can tell my brother that he's not successful at music you know he's got fans he plays shows when he goes on medical conferences he books gigs wherever he goes he went to argentina for a medical conference and he had like five open mics to play wow and it's like you can do music as 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 hard as you want to do it, or as or soft as you want to do it. You just have to believe in 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 what you're what you're singing about matters to somebody. Yeah, it it, it depends on what your goals are. You know, if it's if you're just doing it because you want to maybe make some cash on the weekends, playing covers, doing open yeah. mic, just because it's a hobby, you think that's fine too. I'm not saying that like no one should play music if you don't absolutely love it. It's the only thing you got to do. It can also be a hobby, you know, it really can. But totally. if, you're, if you're trying to like make it and you want to like, you know, you want to get those Spotify numbers up and you want to be packing out shows, you got to work, man. You got to work hard. You and gotta, it has to be number one, hard. you know? And what yeah. happens when you got a family, family is number one, as well they're like they're side by side in a way it, you, yeah you one can't backseat the other you know you're like True. riding shotgun you're in the front together you're like thumb and louise going over the cliff together <laughs> we had a uh, a jam session like a week and a half ago here it was actually the night of the show that got canceled or it might have been the week after but you know we had like four or five guys come over and we're like, all right, well, let's just work on ideas for the summertime. You know, like let's let's start pinning songs together and let's start uh, doing two and three song combinations. Where all right, we're, we know we go into this song, and then from that song we go to this song, and that's what we worked on for like three hours, just tagging songs together. That's great. Man. So the show goes like fluid, and you don't you don't have dead space in between songs. That's one of the things we've been trying to do lately. Yeah, our, our bass player Nick is always like, we got to work on the show. We got to make the show better. Like, we got we got transitions. We need transitions. Yeah, the transitions, dude. You don't ever want to be looking at the crowd like, what's next? You know? Yeah, it's it's weird when it when it gets to that moment. There's this awkward silence. I hate awkward silence. And oh, it's the worst. Yeah, and I try not to like say dumb shit at the same time because you want to fill the space, and it usually ends up being something dumb. You know? Because like, yeah, as, as the lead singer. You know, two lead singer. Yeah, everybody's guys looking to you here. for some some wisdom. Yeah, yeah, you're like putting yourself out there and saying shit, and sometimes it doesn't land, and you sound like an asshole, and you're just like, all right. Everybody's looking at you like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. You're just like, okay, uh, well, that sucks. Let's let's move. Let's keep going. Next song. Um, <laughs> Don't bore us. Get to the chorus, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people want to keep dancing. You know, I, I think definitely that interaction is important as well. There need there needs to be like a break where 
people can like you can talk to the crowd and you know get the give the band a break you know a drink break or whatever um yeah i like to keep the show moving as much as possible well it goes really fast that way and it's fun man yeah you know especially like that that show we did with you guys actually uh what was it jailbreak uh that yeah that was fun man that was so fun and that was one of the nights where i felt like god everybody was just firing on all cylinders it was it was just a great night. The crowd reaction, like everything was like the stars had aligned, you know, and it was like, dude, they were singing show. all your songs, man. I was watching it like, wow, man, they know every damn lyric, man. <laughs> it was, it was incredible. It was incredible. The place was packed outside and we were just, I remember leaving that show and wake up the next morning and be like, that was the perfect show. Everything was perfect. You know, it was dope. And they treated us so well too. that jailbreak brewing, man. They were so nice. They did. They were, they were really nice to us. All the food we dude, wanted. That show, our guitar player Chuck had uh, posted something about uh, the, the president on, on Facebook a couple of days before that. Mm-hmm. And when we got there to load in, he was like, dude, you missed the excitement. We're like, what's up, Chuck? He's like, the Secret Service just came to talk to me about what I posted the other day. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's backstage smoking a slip, and this guy walks up to him in a suit, and he was a Secret Service agent. <laughs> what? Yeah. And he's like, you know. I understand you don't like the president, man, but uh, there's certain things you just can't type on the internet, and that's why I'm here to talk with you. And <laughs> Uncle Chuck was like, nah, man, I didn't mean any harm. And he's like, oh, I know. I, I just, it's, it's my job. I got to come out and do this. And I was like, damn, man. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I, we I had a secret service business that day at jailbreak. Oh, man. Yeah, that's never happened to me. That's, that's, that's a good story. That's great. Yeah, I don't want that to happen to me. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. I don't want to ever be approached by the secret service. That's I'm cool with Uncle Chuck having that interaction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll take everybody else's <laughs> stories. That's amazing, man. So um, it, it's great that you guys are uh, you guys are working on music because, um, it, it, again, in a day like today, in the streaming age, uh, it's so important to just have the biggest catalog. Just keep adding to the catalog. Um, yeah, you know, our keyboard player Brian uh, has been really instrumental in getting all of our music properly uh, coded and and categorized on on Spotify, actually. So there was a time when, like, there was this this uh, entity from England called Jawworks that was putting out music. And so, like, at first, man, Spotify was putting our stuff on the same, same page as their stuff, and it was really confusing. And Brian has done a, a fair amount of work trying to get them separated. And now it, it was so exciting when I saw all the old Jawworks records are actually up and labeled properly on, on Spotify. It was like, wow. I'm not seeing a dime from this and I'm just as excited because now people can listen to it. Yeah. You know, and I don't even worry about the money, man. I just want people to know the music. So when they see it, so like, Oh, I want to hear such and such. And you know, you're going to be happy to play it for them because they actually like the song. You see, that's what's great. You understand what a lot of artists aren't getting. They're not understanding this. They're not understanding that Spotify. No, it doesn't, pay well should it pay well absolutely it should pay a lot better than it does um yeah and hopefully that will change but the music has always been a way to get people to the shows like to so you can support yourself by playing shows every night like spotify is no different in that way and spotify is even better than having a cd in my opinion because like i said it, the algorithm works for you when when you get enough streams you're getting you it's so simple to share a link right to the album or the song um yeah it doesn't matter 
how much money you're making off of it. Uh, it, it it's all about getting people like awareness about the band and getting them to the shows and getting them to buy that's, merch that, and, and 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 bring their friends next time because they love the show the last time. Like that's what bands aren't understanding. These young bands, people that are like pissed that's off it. about Spotify and streaming. It's like yes, it sucks. The money sucks, but. It really does start to add up, you know, once you get a de- decent amount of streams. Work it. Work it hard. Embrace it. Don't fucking fight it. Tool and Metallica and the Beatles are on Spotify now. They held out as long as they could. And they realized they saw the writing on the wall, man. Yeah, there's certain forces in nature. Like if I'm if I'm swimming in Ocean City and, and the riptide starts pulling me, dude, I'm not going to swim against it. I'm going to drown. Exactly. And exactly. like with Spotify, dude... I mean, it was never about the money for Jawworks anyway, bro. We sold over 150,000 CDs over the last 27 years. And and none of us saw a dime from it because every dime from merchandise went to buy more merchandise. It bought T-shirts. It bought CDs. It bought stickers. It paid for van insurance. Nobody in Jawworks ever saw a dime from CD sales anyway. So in that sense, like, Spotify doesn't phase me at all. It's always been about getting people to know your songs. Exactly. Yep. You know, and fall in love with this song. Oh, I love this song. Well, I love this song. Please play this song when I come see it. And that's why they're there because they want to hear the song. Yeah. When I go into my my Spotify for Artists app and I look and I see that there we have like three fans in Turkey, you know, listening to That's insane. Whatever. It's insane. It really is. Like there's no it's hard to wrap your mind around that. Like this band is global. Every band on Spotify is global, you know? How do you go into Spotify for musicians? I've never heard what you just said. Oh, uh, yeah. So you just uh, go to Spotify. Spotify for artists. So you okay over there? My son's here, wrecking shit. On Google. <laughs> um, yeah. Go. Just type in anywhere. Go to Google and type in Spotify for artists, and then yeah, um, you can log in with your Spotify credentials, um, and you can claim your artist. So. Go. You can go hit the claim for artist button and you look for Jawworks and make sure you pick, oh, the, wow. pick the right one. You said there's another one possibly, so make sure you pick the right one. Go look at the profile. Make sure it's you guys, and then Wicked. claim it. And then once you get accepted and they let you in, you'll be able to see all your metrics. Okay, so somebody already claimed it, so I got to talk to Brian. Yeah, he may have. He may already be on it. So just get the login info or whatever, and um. Yeah, yeah, I want to get it from Brian. That cool. Yeah, it's I use it to uh I use that shit to like build set lists and stuff in certain cities. Like I'm like, oh this song does really well. Dude, here. that is so smart, man. Yeah. See that's that's what embracing technology does for you that's positive, man. You make it work for you. The tools are there. Like and people that are fighting it are just you're making the wrong decision. You're you're Yeah, it's like throwing a hammer out in the trash because you needed a screwdriver. Like, yeah. You're not gonna throw the tool away. You're, you just don't need it right now. You're trying to swim. You got fucking cement shoes on, dude. It's like, <laughs> dude, we're solving the world's problems, man. Really are. We really are. We coming up with some sick metaphors. Uh, dude, it's so cool talking with you, man. I've, I've I've looked at you guys from a distance, and then you know meeting you a few times in Annapolis and at that jailbreak show was really cool because you know it was always like Rock or John Pang talking about Howie this, Howie that. And uh, it's just so cool to, to sit here and reason with you, man. 
Yeah, same to you, man. Like we never actually had a conversation before, um, before like little chit chat at the last show. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah just compliments here and there. But it's it's great to spread out and, and talk, man. Yeah, man. I just I, I want I want people like I'm doing this pod because I want people to see like you know I want other artists to see that it's totally possible and we all go through the same shit. I mean, everybody has their own situations. There's certain things that are different. Like not everybody's van catches on fire, but like. You know, it's all the same. It's it's a struggle. It's hard. Our van burned down. Our van burned down. <laughs> okay, all right. Check check the box. Yeah, we had a church. We had a church van. It was like a you know a Econoline van with the church body on it. Yeah. And uh, that bad boy caught on fire going up ninety five to a show in Philly, and it burned to the frame, bro. Oh man! Because it was all fiberglass, right? The whole body's fiberglass. Ugh. And that thing burned down to the frame, bro. Nothing left but like metal rims and and. The frame of the actual vehicle, everything was gone. Wow, that's yeah. They stopped. They stopped traffic on ninety five North, man. It was it was epic. Oh my god, I'm glad you guys are all safe. And we still made the show. We still made the show. It was the Grapevine in Philly in Maniunk, and then they sticked us for like two or three hundred dollars. They didn't pay us. We were we were indignant. Damn, dude. So that you we're were like, what? You played a great. We burned our vehicle and still made the gig, and you can't pay us a two hundred dollar guarantee. You guys suck. <laughs> so you guys played Grape Street, and they stiffed you on the money after all that. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, after I all Grape that Street. hassle, we still made it up there, and I was like, you guys are the worst. Ah, oh, it sucks, man. Yeah, but, but you know, you're, now that, you look back and laugh. Of course, but that's a prime example of of resilience and just belief and being driven you know you're, you're still gonna make the show happen you know you don't just go home your van burnt nah. to the ground you know like i i can't say yeah. back in the day i can't say what would happen if uh what would have happened if our van van completely burned to the ground like it would have been a tour killer maybe and maybe we would have you know just figured it out and and made the shows happen but you know it takes a, that takes a lot man to see the light side and uh yeah man i had a uh, i had nick hexham from 311 on here on episode 100 and he there he was telling me the story about their van fire uh they were they were actually driving an rv and hauling a van uh that had their oh gear in it. yeah they were hauling a van like a whole van not even a trailer that's crazy yeah and they were they were on tour and the uh the shit caught on fire i think nick was driving and they they pulled over and the whole thing it's he said it went up so fast because we just put like a hundred gallons of gas in in the tank and uh it went up so fast and they they escaped he's like we escaped with our lives that's it not even wearing shirts nothing and he was the last one he was the last one out and they he had to jump through flames through the doorway to get out the whole thing was engulfed in flames and his his hair uh turned to ash and just fell out of his head on on the street. Dude, that's like that's a serious story, man. Serious. He said it was insanely hot. Like they they could not believe that they were alive. Um, still made the show happen. Like, dude. I mean, unreal. Could, to 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 fully process what a situation like that is and what could have happened, people could have died. Like things. I mean, just to process that is. I mean, wow, and and the, those those guys didn't think twice. They're like, "Fuck this! No, we're gonna keep going. We're gonna find something. We're gonna get. We're gonna rental, you know." And they made it happen. And it's just, and we did the same. Like our van, it wasn't near as bad as yours or theirs. We had flames shooting out the sides on the undercarriage. It could have been really bad, but we got to it in time. We pulled over. We 
put the shit out, but like, you know, we, we had, it took, we, it took a whole day to, uh, to, to fix the van. We didn't miss any shows though. It was crazy. We had a day off, I think the next day and somehow Dude, found a our, shop. Ours, ours happened like this. We were going to North and we're like, man, somebody smells something burning. And we pull over, man. Next thing you know, there's flames coming through the, the air conditioning vents in the dashboard. Whoa. And people are like, I, I think it's time to get out. <laughs> and then by the end of it, man, the flames had eaten the whole body. And there's literally one guy left in the back of, of the two bay doors in the back and, and literally throwing amplifiers out into dude's arms. Oh, my God. So <laughs> it was epic. So you saved the gear? You got all the gear? Yeah, saved the gear. We had a... We had a, we had a, 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 a you know, uh, 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 what do they call that? The the, the the shoulder. The shoulder's full of amps and instruments and us. Wow. And, and the van is just this black smoke source, man. Oh, that's crazy. The state troopers came. They're like, what the hell happened? We're like, we had no idea, man. Oh, that is awful, man. <laughs> yeah, we, we've had plenty of moments where we're sitting on the side of the road with our gear outside, you know, because something happened with a trailer or something. But, oh, my God, the fire is just. That's the seasoning, man. That's oh. the seasoning for the stew. It really is, man. You just, you just, you just keep going. You, you got to pull through those dark moments, man. And that, that's great to hear. We made it from a hotel outside of Syracuse to a gig in Syracuse one night during a blizzard. Those upstate New York blizzards, and we got all the way to the gig, and, and there's like four people in the bar, and we're like, "Why did we do this?" It's like you did it because you felt like it was important to do. Yeah. You know, would you do it the same way now? Maybe not, but you know, you did it back then, and that's 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 part of your story now. Yep, and you still got to play like there's five thousand people there. Oh my God! Somehow, some way. Yep. There, there's moments where I feel like where I'm like, I don't think I can do this tonight. Like I just don't feel energetic at all. I'm tired. You know, you're being on the road a lot. Like there's moments where I'm just like, this is not happening tonight. And then then I get out there, I get like a song in. I'm like, all right, we're back. You know. It's fine. Yeah. Well, you end up doing it for your guys on stage, man. It's like when they talk to soldiers who have been through combat in war, like, man, I'm not fighting for Casper Weinberger or Dick Cheney or whoever else the Secretary of Defense was. I'm fighting for the guy next to me, like, so he gets to go home, you know? Yep. And I guess that's a little romantic as a musician to compare it to a, to a, a warrior in war, but... There's something about music and, and putting your your, your, your your spirit and, and your lyrics on the line that you kind of feel like it's a battle, you know, and, and you're in it with the guys that are on your side. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously two different worlds, but, I mean, the sentiment is the same. It's, it, you know, you're you're doing this thing together, and it's very hard, and, and there's so many things pushing against you. Um, yeah. You know, and but when when you win, win the battle, you know, out of the, out of the war, as they say, um, the victory is fucking sweet. They're very sweet, dude. They're yeah. very sweet. Cause life's always going to send you some defeat, man, but it's all, it's all there to make you appreciate the good times. Yep. How do you handle it? You know, t- take it head on and, and figure it out. Don't let it knock you down, you know? Yeah, man. That's and the, the truth, bro. I also, you know, on the flip side, I believe that there's moments where you need to, you need to, take a break and regroup like okay hold on let me sit this out for a minute i gotta i gotta step back for a second like sometimes going yeah, there's, a, there's a couple shit sandwiches that you're completely meant to eat yeah yeah and you can't if you try to go harder and harder you're just digging the hole deeper and it's like hold on wait a second there's a better way to do this you know and figure it out totally dude yeah well shit man it was, it was great well, to talk to you i look forward to yeah i look forward to seeing you on the other side of all this madness and uh it'll be great to play together again sometime bro 
yeah well i'm, I'm hoping we can uh figure out this this uh these next couple shows and um and i think i think we rescheduled the leesburg show um i'm, I'm gonna check on that make sure but uh, i'm definitely trying to keep the lineup the same as long as you guys are available um yeah that would be great man we're definitely trying to reschedule that cool yeah let me let me see what's up with that um but yeah so everybody can check you out uh what is it? it's just jawworks.com right Yep, jawworks.com and uh, you know, find us on, on the social media and I'm gonna do another um little little acoustic show tomorrow night at eight PM on Facebook on my Scott Painter Facebook page. So it was really successful last weekend and a lot of people were super generous with some some donations and some tips for us for us for an artist that's not getting paid for the last three weeks. So I'm hoping to raise a little money this Friday and, and just keep the vibe going and, and give people some music in their, in their homes, which is, it's pretty amazing. I watched Jimmy, Jimmy Ha Ha last night. And I'm listening to songs I never even knew from the Jar Flies and all those different groups, Men the Hollow. And it's so cool when you see these artists that you know from real life and playing real shows out, out, outside, but there's something about seeing somebody on these online concerts, man, because people are really reaching into a bag and pulling stuff out that you never heard before. Yeah, it's it's really cool to see people doing this and uh, seeing people like, uh, like again, figure it out and just sort of like um, ma- uh, make it so it fits this this medium. Like you you fit this time. Yeah, yeah this, you this trans- Yeah, you transform it. You make it work. And and I mean. Everybody loves. I don't care who you are. Everybody loves an acoustic guitar and some vocals. I mean, that's just it's so. You guys are going to play tonight or tomorrow? When's your show? Tonight. Yeah, we're doing it tonight. All right, I'll be tuning in, man. What time is that supposed to be? Thanks, man. Yeah, it's uh, eight o'clock tonight, uh, Eastern Time, on YouTube on our, on our YouTube channel. Um, All right, cool. I'll definitely pull that up. I'm gonna be with my lady tonight, so we're gonna check you out. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for a good one. We we did some rehearsals. We got yeah, I really appreciate you uh, you having me on the chat, man. It's it's so cool. I really like your podcast, and it's it's something that maybe I would like to do at some point. But I know it's not an illusion. It's a lot of work, man. And I really admire you, bro. You you got it going on. Oh, thanks, man. I, I again, it's like I love it. I'm just making things, you know. Yeah, it's so cool, dude. Production, just, yeah, production. It's just fun. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm living a, living a good life, and I'm not rich, but I don't need to be rich, you know. Man, richness is life. Richness is life, and the family, and your health. Exactly. I'm happy to have all those things. Um, yeah, that's the wealth, bro. Well, dude, I'll make sure uh, everybody is gonna find you on at Jawworks Baltimore on uh, Instagram, yep. I believe, right? Um, yep, John works Baltimore on Instagram, and uh, yeah, once you find that man, you can find everybody else in the band off those those mediums. Awesome. Well, thanks Scott, so much, Howie. Yeah, such so great to talk to you finally, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh my god, man, this 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 hour went by fast, bro. It really did. All right, well, enjoy the rest of the day, man. I'll be at you. Okay, bud. Take care. Bless up, man. All right, Scotty P, thank you so much, man. Make sure you guys uh, check them out on Instagram. Jawworks Baltimore is their handle. Uh, Jawworks.com. Look at their tour dates. They're doing secrets a lot. <clears throat> this year, they got a couple back-to-back nights happening uh, throughout the summer. And uh, go check out their music, man. Go add the band. Save them on Spotify. Um, you know, let's let's help get these guys some uh, some awareness, some recognition. They're, they're a great band, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to, to be... Uh, in a position to help them out a little bit. So um, check out the live stream tonight, Ballyhoo on YouTube, 8 p.m. Eastern. 
It's going to be fun. A lot of songs. We're going to be spending a couple hours together. So get your drink, jump on the couch, throw on the YouTubes, and let's have fun. Uh, I got to get off of this thing. I got to do some more rehearsing. I got to... I gotta work on some guitar solos. I'm gonna fuck up at least three guitar solos tonight. I know it. I'm gonna forget lyrics on like at least seven songs. So uh, look out for the madness tonight. We'll see you guys there. Hit the uh, hit the reminder. Go to our page right now, the, the Ballyhoo YouTube page. Hit the reminder. We'll see you then.